Hi, welcome to the Classy Car Guy podcast with Mike and Eric. Uh, today with Mike and uh, Eric here, we're talking a little bit about, you know, just having that winning mindset, where to go with it, uh, how to take on the challenges that you face on a daily basis. And so, Mike, uh, what's your thoughts here about winning uh, winning in mind? Eric, the uh, you know, we always talk about attitude. You know, your attitude has to be contagious and everything else. And I, and I found a great book. That I that I've really enjoyed reading. I'm on the well, second time through it, but the uh, it basically talks about a mindset that is that kind of comes into place in, in competition, and, and that I think a lot of it applies to anybody who's got to you know kind of have a self reliance job and depend on their own attitude to get things done. But the the book is called With Winning in Mind, and it's written by a guy named Lanny Bassham. And it's kind of funny. Lanny was a, a, a small, scrawny kid, I guess, who uh, was horrible at sports and never won. He got cut from the little league team and everything. Kind of like you. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I always hated baseball. But the uh, and the uh, and Eric, I just didn't get cut one time. I got cut multiple times. I, I'm not the, yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. And the uh, but he uh, matter of fact, he talks about the story, and this was a motivator for him. That, uh, that one time the teacher was talking about, you know, in America, you can do and be anything. And that, you know, one of these guys might be in the Olympics one day. And uh, they said, who do you guys think of your classmates are going to be in the Olympics? And some smart ass stood up and said, well, I can tell you who's not going to be in the Olympics. And that's Lanny. <laughs> and they, uh, so that made him mad and motivated him. But it turns out he uh, becomes a marksman in the shooting thing in the Olympics and ends up winning, I think, multiple gold medals. Wow. So he was the one guy in class. <laughs> and, you know, that was a wonderful motivator for him. But the, the big thing he talks about in his quest in becoming an Olympic gold medalist was is this the mindset and, and the mind in competition. And, and in his scenario here in this book, and it's a good book worth reading, it's this kind of this convergence between the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the self-image. So, for example, the things that you do in practice that develop the habits for the subconscious that you use in competition and overall, all these things that basically come together to make the self-image. And he talks about, you know, you have these three circles and the convergence of these three circles and what it's like if you're too big or too small in one of these circles. Uh, the guy who's always frustrated because of self-image thinks he's better than he is, you know, and the anxiety in between reality and, and his image. Right. And that kind of stuff. But the whole crux of the thing basically is the process. Mm -hmm. His point is, is that if you are competing and you're thinking about the result, you know, that that makes you tight, that, you know, everything else that you got to get into the process. Right. And it's kind of the same thing we advocate. I call it the effort, you know, right. it's just do the effort every day and let the results fall where they may. And you may surprise yourself. So the, uh, you know, and I've talked about it before, you know, uh, salespeople can have baggage, you know, some have a fear of success, some have a fear of failure and everything else. And you're always trying to get past this self-image right. uh, of where they think they fit in the cog of the wheel and, and trying to get them to go past that, to go to the next level up and, the, and then to taste that and get hungry for it and keep going. Uh, and sometimes it's like I told you before, it's like trying to pull a guy through a knothole on a fence, you know, it's just right. too hard. But the process at this thing is, is that, you know, you'd practice this stuff in the conscious mind until you can perform it subconsciously. Yeah. I love that about it because is it, he, that's how he worked out his super low self-image where he was starting to get 
you yes. know, frustrated a little bit about, hey, I'm not being picked on the teams. I'm never getting to play, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And uh, he used that, the process, and, and uh, to kind of develop that to even create a better self-image of himself. So he thought highly of himself. Well, you know, it was a motivator. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know it's the, and it's the old, you know, I'll stick that up your ass motivation. Right. You know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm coming for it. <laughs> but the, uh, and he did, but the, uh, and he found his passion. Yeah. But the, uh, the thing about our business is the fact that, you know, guys go in, and it always killed me when I managed a floor was, is that you have the guy who just sticks at 15. So month in, month out, you got a 15 car guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, varies, you know, plus or minus 10 or uh, 10 or 15%. But the, uh, you, and I always used to laugh and say, you know, okay, everybody could win the lottery in a one mile radius of this dealership and they'd still only do 15, mm-hmm. you know, or we could have nuclear war tomorrow and they'll figure out how to do 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does 15 in the first two weeks of the month, you might as well send him home the next two weeks. He's going to fight to get back to his comfort level. And that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of guys who are right now in the car business that are probably, you know, in the average, you know, they're doing okay and they're happy and everything else. But, uh, not getting to the next level, right? Not how to motivated get to, this. to get next level, mm-hmm. and it's not that you say, "Hey, this month I'm going to do 20 cars or 25 cars or 30 cars, and this is what it looks like daily, you know, weekly, monthly, biweekly, whatever." It's basically he's talking about in the book as you get to the process, and you know, the process in our business is really not that hard. I mean, it's an attitude job, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're having, we call it what we call it, commission breath. You're having that tough month. You're fighting too hard to get stuff put together. And the harder you try, the more you're pushing customers away. Right. You know, if you're on to the results side, that's going to happen to Mm -hmm. you. If you can just get in the process side and trust the process. So I remember breaking in new guys on the floor. You put them through the training class. You know, you had them on the floor on a Saturday. Uh, Some guys sold a car. Some guys didn't sell a car. But you never talked about that with them. Mm-hmm. But you congratulated the guys who had their first car, but we were talking about how their numbers lined up. Mm-hmm. So the guy goes out, he got four customers to this Saturday. He got three of them in a demo drive. He got two of them in a right, but we didn't close anything. He did a good job. He got us down to the finish line uh, versus the guy that went out, had four customers today, had one demo drive, you know, right. and nobody came to a close. So we tried to highlight the 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 good results that right. if we can build on this that would one day when it clicks in his mind develop into closes mm-hmm. so you know he'd sit down i remember i had a sales manager ask me one time he says mike the guy only did i don't know six cars last month is that a good job in your mind i said i don't know how many customers did he have yeah knowing how where the effort was <laughs> yeah. more than the results yeah i mean he, I, had, he had six customers it's a great job yeah it was all six yeah, times, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Your, your problem is he's got to get how to get it in front of more of them and you know talking about the process mike you know i used to de- talk to a lot of the guys in sales there's a difference a lot of guys go out and they develop just new car sales process yeah so when it comes to a customer that wants to buy a used car they were so thrown off of their process that it seems like they didn't know how to talk to a used car customer and they were always making excuses about the condition of the car. Yeah. And so, you know, they we used to laugh back in the in back when I first started, there was either a used car guy or a new car guy. And you didn't know which one you were until you actually started developing the process. And I said, For these guys today, I think it's imperative that you should have a new car and 
any used car process that you develop so that you know how to talk to what type of a customer, which obviously is just winning uh, yeah. in different levels. So, well, we used to laugh in the, in the days, but the, uh, you know, the guy who sells a new car and the customer sees something, he, you know, well, we'll fix that. We'll yeah. Fix that, you know, and, you know, you go out and you saw the guy on the used car, you know, and he brings up something, you know, he'd say, well, I'd get that fixed right away if I were you. Yeah, and right. Yeah, you know, we're not going to fix it. Yeah. We didn't charge you for that one. So, but, but. but see if this sounds like, like something that should apply. Here, here's just a, a, a little blurb out of the book. It says your job in competition is to execute the process of performing, not on anything else. Your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well. Hmm. If you're successful, execute these steps in a competition. Your score and winning will take care of themselves. So basically trust the process, right. but develop the process in training. Conscious mind, all of a sudden you got it down to the point where it's in the subconscious mind and all of a sudden results start happening. And, and you know, Eric, as this applies to the car business, I don't know how you can be a success in the car business until you get in front of enough times to bat. Right. And basically, I've talked about it before on the podcast, three people a day. Mm-hmm. It gives you a good shot at 20 cars. So rather than thinking about the 20 cars, let's just first start thinking about the three people a day. Door swings for you for three, fine. The door doesn't swing for you for three, make it swing. And what processes are in place that we could do daily as a habit to generate, in my mind, two appointments a day? Right. Two people that I can call and tickle in that say, yes, I'll come see you, that I had before that I didn't close, uh, mm-hmm. somebody I've been following that came in and asked for a brochure six months ago, you know, whoever, wherever I'm getting this, I got to do some kind of a prospecting work to just kind of cover my bet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of, in my mind, first things first. Right. Three people a day. So where are we going to get these? And then from there, when the guy shows up to the store, what are we going to do next? Once you shake his hand. What's the process? Yeah, you what's know? the process? And, the, uh, and we have steps that I think, you know, we've kind of uh, tried to simplify it of overcomplicated. But basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's just meet the guy, you know, develop the rapport, get him excited about the car he's here about and everything else. And then bring him in, create value to the point that the value exceeds the price by a penny and bring him inside and let's ask him to buy it. You got to create a sole mental owner. So right. the process the, has got to start somewhere. So, and you know, it's not a, it's not a, a business where we sell them all. As a rule, I tried, I tried, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a business where, you know, failures kind of baked into the cake, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, and I've seen this affect salespeople, you know, that they have the bad day, bad week, bad paper, you know, my check sucks. Therefore I suck. Therefore the world sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? And you can't do that. You know, if you're on the process and you did everything right and it came together fine, if it didn't come together, keep swinging, right. trust the process. So the, uh, he calls it in here, he calls a technique, a, a feast and for, feast or forget. Hmm. And feast is, is if it's going good, keep going. You ever had that hot guy, you know, he closes everything one day, yeah. you know, and you tell him you go home, you don't change shit. You come back tomorrow, ready to go again. And Wear the same everything yeah. tomorrow. Wear yeah. the same clothes. Yeah. 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 Not that we're superstitious by right. nature, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, and they, uh, and you just keep going. So you feast on that. Right. You feast on that. And then you have the guy who had a bad day. Forget it. Yeah. Come back tomorrow. The door's going to swing again tomorrow. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're just going to start off. New month starts tomorrow. 
You know, you, you can get to a point with your process, Mike, that you'll know that you have a car deal or you know that you don't have the car to sell that person sometimes. And that's that that's that developing that that uh, process that you're talking about subconsciously that you know exactly where you're at in the deal sometimes. And then I have learned out of that mistake where I thought I didn't have the car. I learned how to T.O. properly to somebody else and let them rediscover it and found out that I did have something there. It was just my way of thinking and the way that I would approach something. As an example, the way you approach a a golf swing or a ball on the golf course might be different than I would approach it. Does that make sense? And so the approach might make the ball go further. It might make it go to the right, to the left, or however it was. So sometimes the way we approach a deal – could cause a little bit of the of, of the uh, uh, misdirection or but, something to that effect. You so. know, but if you if you had the process in mind and you sure. have it down to the subconscious level, uh, would that affect your confidence? Would that affect your ability to have a better attitude going out and even meeting the tough customer that has a lot of objections? Absolutely, I and love they, the no sell green customer, the one that would take no green and buy a green, or the one that would always be like, yeah. "I don't want this one color," and it seemed like it was a little bit more challenging for me. But I was on a different level. I wanted the tough customer. I loved the uh, the foreigner the. You know, we used to have at the Mitsubishi store when we would have some of the Asian community come in, nobody liked to deal with those guys. And I loved negotiating with them because yeah. they were all about the bartering system. Well, you know what I mean? And so that a, was it was a challenge. Yeah, it was, it a, was challenge. a challenge. And so yeah. it was yeah. it wasn't a lay down in my mind. You know, you know what I mean? I don't know, so, Eric, that you know, it, it's the process for me. I I just like screwing with something. Yeah. I, and the, the guy I liked the most was we had a lot of early morning farmers, uh-huh. you know, and they'd come in. And of course I've never met a farmer that had a good year and the, right. uh, and they'd come <laughs> in and they, uh, they'd be on a truck and it'd be, you know, get you off your feet right away. They'd say, give me your best price on this truck Mahoney or I'm going to disappear into a puff of smoke. Right. And the, uh, and right off the bat, no, no greeting, no nothing, everything else, you know, and you'd try to get him off his feet. Mm-hmm. So you'd sit there and you'd say, hey, well, besides price you're trying to get done today? And what do you mean? I'd say, big sale today, man. We'll get together with you. But what about what besides price are you after today? And if the guy was still rude, you'd come back at him and you'd say, hey, man, maybe I've done something to offend you. Would you rather talk to somebody else here? Right. And then, you know, right there, you pulled his pants down. You know, you say, hey, you're being a rude, rude asshole. And either he's going to conform right. or he's going to say, go get me somebody else. You know, whenever somebody did that to me, I'd go in and get the axe murderer and say, hey, well, here's Billy Bob. Right. <laughs> you know, the yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. And then, uh, but Eric, he talks about in this thing too he talks about he says you know he talks about setting life-changing goals mm-hmm. and, you know and what i love about the car business is is that you know this can be life-changing if you choose it to right be. uh we've got great stories where we have people that are immigrants uh from all walks of life all age education levels that are coming into this profession that are making good six figures mm-hmm. where they are making more money selling cars than anybody was ever going to offer them for a salary. Right. And the, uh, and what I like about it is it's theirs. They own it. Mm-hmm. They did it. They, it's all theirs. And where this is just absolutely life changing, but he talks about if you set your goals enough to be life changing. So if you're in the car business making 50 grand a year, what would your life be like if you were making 200 grand a year? Right. There are people out there doing that and more. And the, uh, it, it, he talks about, you know, make certain that your goal is life changing. He says people are basically motivated by three things promise of gain, 
fear of loss and recognition mm. and recognition. Now, I don't care which one of those it is, but the uh, work it. Right. Work it. Use it. The uh, get get it going. If you're in fear of loss, okay, what what gets you out of that? That's the goal. Uh, recognition, yeah, man. You know, you know, you you sit there and make two hundred fifty grand a year in the in the in the car business, doing you know thirty five cars a month. You know, we're going to give you your own parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> you can sponsor yourself at that yeah, moment. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to say employee <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Have your own sign made, right? <laughs> no, no, no. That's the sign flips too quick. You can't do it. You got to have employee he, of the day parking. Hero today, loser tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, and that that parking spot's way at back. back yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> it's right. on a string that you pull right. back and forth, right? Yeah, so. we used to laugh and say the yeah. the the, the, fly, the sign flips on a dime. Dime. Yeah, <laughs> that's sure. so. the only place you can cuss out yeah. and praise in the yeah, same sentence. What right. have you done for me lately? Right. <laughs> oh, but so. uh, the. the you know, I think this is just a good book. If anybody wanted to kind of take their game to the next level, it's a good place to start the thinking process. See where this guy took himself through it. And, and basically the component that a lot of times I think we subjugate or put the back burner for harder work, you know, uh, just a, another effort that, right. that some days doesn't pan out, two days doesn't pan out, and you quit doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to tell my guys, just give me half the time you waste on the showroom floor. Right. And let me let me show you what I can do to your income. And the idea was is to get them on some prospecting activity. Boom, 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 boom. You know, the average salesman's working four hours a day, five hours a day. Real work in front of a customer. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, uh, everybody gave me the lip service, you know, two weeks later, nobody's doing it. Right. In the, uh, so unless you're out there yelling and screaming and stomping on their throats and everything else, the, uh, they just aren't going to do it. And if I have to make you do it, you aren't going to do it well. Yeah. So the, uh, it's just one of those things I could never understand if it's out there and you're going to do this, why not do it to your best? Right. And, or they say in sports, leave it all in the field. Leave it all in the field. And, you know, that just doesn't happen with I'm going to try harder. I think there's got to be a mental mindset that sets up that's sustainable for trying harder. Yeah. You know, so I think it kind of sets up all kinds of pressure points. If you're serious about this and you're committed to this idea that pressure points will appear and then you'll figure those out. And that and that'll help in in any scenario or situation that you're in, you'll figure it out because you understand the process. You're going to trust it, right, so right. and that'll make a big difference well, and, and for trust you. Yourself. So, trust yourself, trust yourself, and doing yourself. it. So you've and been just there a, before. And so. Eric, you know, when I tell the guys in the classes, you know, that the more confident you guys are with your product knowledge, with everything else, you can get to the store and your product knowledge and your and your your ability to solve their problem. Right. Your confidence goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And when you have the confidence, you lead better. They right. respond better. They right. trust you better. I remember doing that with some phone training one time when the guys would be nervous. They've already called these people two or three times, got no response. And then I'm like, give me the number. We just call them right there. And we do the open line calls, you know, so they yeah. can hear me talking to them. And they were amazed that 25% of those, we call save a deal, you know, we call right. save my deal right. meetings, and we would, they would be amazed that 25 to 30% of those people would set an appointment. And I don't know if the shows were still probably half and yeah, half right. bought from yeah. there, but it was probably 25 to 30% of those people that they had already called. And I get off the phone like, how did you do that? I was like, well, I didn't call them back with the same car. Right. You got to call them back with something different. Something you got to give them something, something to come in for. I said, all I'm trying to do is put the right bait in front of them to get in here. You know what right. I mean? And so that was just, and that's just, 
for me, realistically, it was from me going from when I would call everybody back at the beginning, no would respond to me, and my desk partner saying, you suck at phone calls. Yeah. And he said, they're never going to come back. He says, because you keep asking them to buy the same car. He goes, you were on the wrong car from the beginning. And that right there changed everything in my career. And I realized at that moment on, when I called people back, I never called them about that car that they were going to buy for me on the lot. I always called them about another product or another yeah. vehicle. And that changed it for me, you know. And so, but I stuck with it. It's not like I just gave up on phone right. calls. You know what I mean? It's not like I never and how followed many guys up on do? How many yeah, guys do? They, they feel uh, like they get bad. They're bad, bad. Work and, you know, they get they. They stalk the guy on the phone, and the guy says, hey, don't call me anymore. Their feelings are hurt. They say, oh, that's it. I'm not doing it. So they become buyer die herb. Yeah. If you don't buy from me now, you weren't buying a car, well, we so had a no guy, follow-up. We so. had a guy that we put at a dealership that has big prospecting work. They do uh, so many phone calls a day and everything else with the idea of setting appointments. But, you know, he didn't make it at that store, and he's complaining about the list mm. he got. He got a shit list. Right. You know, and the... Uh, well, I just said, you know, how many people answered the phone? You know, he had enough answer the phone. So, so they said no. How many people did you say, if not now, when? None. Mm. You know, and I, I can't imagine you wasting your time. You know, I, I just go out there. There's got to, if you'll figure it out, if you have, if your goal is to create a database. Yeah. You know, the, uh, oh, hey, I understand. You're not going to buy a car today. I understand. If not now, when? Right. Would you mind if I call you then? And 90% of them don't believe you're going to call them anyway. So sure. And they, uh, so they say, yeah, sure. Call me. Yeah. You know, the, uh, so get, get the, get the win and put it in your CRM for the win. And then, you know, if you did that, Every day, how how long would it be before you could come in this morning, look at your work plan, and you've already got some serious people that you've already touched once, right? You know that you know are in the market, yeah. Not not the people who buy ivory soap off some list, but people who talk you talk to touched and they're in the market for a car. Yeah, and you know, talking to them about a different car, the funny thing was they would tell you something totally different than what they told you the other day, and you'd get closer to finding the right vehicle for them. So, but the big point of this whole thing is, Eric, is if you don't have the goal. The yep. life-changing goal. For sure. You'll never figure this stuff out. No. And, you know, and it's not like we are, you know, gurus. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff has been done by successful people, but not repeated. Right. You know, if it worked today, it'll work tomorrow. I just yeah. want you to think about it. You know, anybody that's out there listening, you know, you'll think about your goals and where you want to set up and then develop in that process to get there, you know, to where you find that success uh, com- con- continuously to where it's not to that next level. I would say everybody's at a different level. You know, when you're single, you only want so much money and you're, you're okay with it. But once you start wanting to have a family or kids, you're going to get to another success level. And then right. retirement levels, you know, where do I got to be and what do I got to do to retire at certain ages? And that can make a big difference in winning for your life. Well, you know, he talks about it here. You know, the greatest mistake we make living is in constant fear of making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, you know, if you're fearful of making a mistake, you're focused too much on the result and not enough on the process. Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. And I just it's just one of those things that I think when you read books like this, it kind of sets off little sparks. You know? Yeah. And the uh, hopefully, you know, it's something we can translate into the trading program. You know, we can get these guys mindsets to the point where they have. Uh, 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 what to call an ambition to leave and conquer the process, right? You know that the lucky thing about this job, Eric, is is you know, is first of all, we have a self determination outcome. You know, I can dictate my own pay. I never have to ask for a raise. Every day is different. Right. I get to talk to a variety of people from every walk of life and enjoy most of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Even if I don't sell them a car, I enjoyed meeting them. Yeah, me too. And and the whole thing comes down to is that based on how I can perform and execute this job, I can dictate my own pay. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like I'm going to go let Bezos dictate that I make so much an hour in a warehouse job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's not even motivating people anymore. So no, I just say, I think, you know, it's a car sales right now is a damn good job. Yeah. I remember when Reagan was in and they, uh, they opened up the floodgates on the imports and then his administration came out because everybody's concerned about the manufacturing sector. They said, well, the service sector is going to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, at the time, a Chevy truck was thirty grand, and you know, and I said, "Well, I don't think I sell many thirty thousand dollar trucks to waitresses yeah. in the service sector. Right? The service sector sucks, you know. And now, all of a sudden, you know, that's a pretty good job anymore, yeah. a waitress. You know, it's just gone to the point where I think that car sales uh, would not be an option to a lot of people in the seventies with a college education. I think right now it's a damn good job for a college education, especially. If you want to be an individual, yeah. if you can own it, if you can take the responsibility of being your own person, you know, if your pace sucks, your problems in the mirror, yeah. if you're that kind of guy or gal, this is a perfect career for you. Yeah. I think I, I read an article the other day about, I think he was a CEO of Volkswagen and he was talking about, they were asking him a question about the chip and he goes, it's pretty frustrating when you have a 50 cent chip you know, dictating a $50,000 car sale. Yeah. And he said, you know, he said, we, he said, you would think that we would have the ability to figure this out uh, well, you know, being in a billion dollar industry. Eric, so. Yeah. They said the question's going to be is, you know, they got to make a choice. So yeah. Are they going to do something about this yeah. or are they just going to cut cost until they can make it make $14 million new car year work? Right. And the, uh, you know, now you're talking about billion dollars entities into what should be, or probably is a 17 and a half million new car market. You would think they could get together, open up some closed plant somewhere in America and start making chips. Yeah. Here. Well, his mindset was that we're going to innovate our way around this chip. So you're not going to have yeah. it. So, so he's so like, you know, his part was, I don't think he was there. So, so you're going to take value out. So <laughs> value out. And the, uh, so uh, the, uh, well, that's good. Good yes. luck with that. I hope something works because the, uh, you know, I've never been in an economy where you had to sell from an empty cart. Yeah. It's going to, in my career, you know, it was constantly, the problem was too much inventory for sure. When interest rates sure. went to 21% new car inventory could kill you, yeah. you know? So, and I've never seen it where you couldn't get it. And I can't imagine, you know, the flash time this probably happened was World War II, you know, when they were all making uh, uh, military goods. Yeah. But anyway, you guys, the uh, if, you, if you're serious about this career or basically anything you want to get done in life with Winning in Mind by Lanny Bassham, I'll put the uh, uh, link in the show notes to it. Great book, great Kickstarter. Uh, if you got a chance to sit down and read it, it's an easy read. I think I read it an hour and a half. Yeah. In the, uh, Chapter three is really good. It talks about the mental management, yeah. uh, how to manage yourself mentally, things of that yeah. nature. So it's a really good book. So uh, yeah, get on board with that, you guys, and let's and, and see if you can't take your game to the next level. For sure. Thanks for tuning in to the Classic Car Guy podcast where we're training for success.